the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by New Covenant Church, Humble. and addictions have long been a pandemic in our society. People are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, pornography, codependent relationships, and more. If you or a loved one is stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and continued destructive behavior, keep listening. God wants everyone to walk out of the darkness and into His marvelous light. Recovery Radio Houston with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. This is Pastor John Allworth wishing you a blessed and happy new year. I am calling in from my home. My wife is, like so many of us right now, is uh, has a cold, flu-like symptoms, and I'm home taking care of her. So I hope that this is broadcasting uh, appropriately. But I did not want to miss the show because I wanted to wish everyone a happy new year and, and bring a you know, the gospel is a gospel of hope, and I wanted to bring a message of hope for all those that are suffering under any kind of bondage. It doesn't have to be alcohol and drugs. It can be gambling. It can be pornography. It can be uh, stress. It can be uh, worry, anxiety, depression. It can be a loss of a job, a loss of a loved one, grief. It could be pride. I mean, the enemy comes at us from so many different directions. That this show, when we talk about recovery, I, I love to say that the Bible is a book about recovery, and the reason it's a book about recovery is because Jesus Christ came to give us hope. He came to give us his gospel of love and of peace, and he came because he's an overcomer. And, and when we when we follow him and change our lives and, and begin to live our lives for God, then we become overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And so I hope you'll stay tuned in, even if you... And don't have an addiction problem because uh, I'm sure, you know, Jesus said we would always have trials and tribulations in this world, and we're all dealing with something. And uh, they're certainly dealing with something in Washington. I don't get too political on this show, but there's strife everywhere in our society. On Facebook, we're we're at each other's throats, and in in on social media, and just everywhere we go, and and the news media, no matter which uh, brand of news media you watch, that you know, people there's. Uh, bad things going on in the world. So I, I want to tell you that there's a way to overcome it all, and that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I hope this message is helpful to everyone. I like to say that uh, we're probably talking to a few people on this road. By the way, we're coming up on three years with Recovery Radio Houston, and we're probably talking to some people that are under the bondage of addiction. But I know we're talking to people who have family members, who have loved ones. I mean, it's, an, it's a pandemic in our society. 
you know, that this has been a pandemic. There's been so much focus on COVID as, as there should be, but uh, there's been a pandemic with addiction for centuries and centuries. And uh, it's, you know, people under the age of 45, for example, since COVID first hit, more people have died from the drug of fentanyl, one drug, overdoses of fentanyl, than have died from COVID under the age of 45. So it's it's really a horrible, I had a guest a couple of weeks ago, and she told a story about how some immigrants had come across the border and had been given, their children had been given uh, candy fentanyl, and were, two of them were in comas and one had just come out. I mean, it is a, it is a scourge on our society and people are under bondage, uh, you know, hundreds of hundreds of thousands in this area alone, millions across the United States and and uh, billions literally across the world. And so, you know, I've been set free. The, the, the Bible tells us in John eight thirty six it says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And, and I want everybody, the reason we have this show is we want to shout from the mountaintops how good God has been to us and how good he can be to each and every one of you. No matter what situation you're dealing with, whether it's addiction or, or it's something else that has you down, like I said, anxiety, depression, so many people suffer from that. So I've got some good news today. You know, this is the beginning of the year, and in, in 46 B.C., Julius Caesar established January 1st as the first day of the year. And ever since then, the early church, has, it's been a, a time where people began thinking about one's past mistakes and resolving to do better and better in the future. So we've all made those New Year's resolutions, uh, but how many of us keep them? And I want to talk about keeping New Year's resolutions today. Uh, the, the truth is that 31% of, of all those who make New Year's resolutions uh, are no longer compliant with them by the end of the second week. And 80% have dropped off by the end of February. You know, there have been some crazy New Year's resolutions over the years. Woody Guthrie, the folk artist, said that he would bathe every day. Another famous author said he'd lock himself into a room until every day until he wrote a certain number of, of rooms. But for this show, people, you know, also uh, have uh, their health. They want to lose weight. They're going to work out. They're going to exercise. They're going to do all these things. But so many people say they're going to quit smoking. They're going to quit drinking. They're going to quit doing drugs, and that's an admirable thing. But I've often wondered, you know, why some people are able to quit and others aren't. You know, the relapse rate for drug addiction for people that go into rehab is, depending on what statistic you look at, is 80 to 90 percent. And that's just not acceptable because it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to live that way. And and if you tried and, and you failed, try again. If you got someone that that in your family that's suffering under addiction, I, I want to give you some, some hints on, on what it takes to, to overcome the bondage of addiction. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, Einstein said, uh, if you do the same thing over and over again and you expect the same result, that's called insanity. And so many of us do. And I think the key is is that, that we really need help. You know, the Apostle Paul said we're in we're in a constant battle between the, the, the flesh and the spirit. And it's that helper that we hear about, that we read about in the Gospel of John, in chapters 14 and 16. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that changes the game. Because we just can't do it on our own. We, we, we just can't. We need help. And that's one of the biggest problems that people have facing addiction. Number one, I know so many people that are in denial. They just will not admit that they have a problem. So we've got to put aside that pride. 
We've got to put aside that pride. We've got to admit that we need help. And then we've got to surrender to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's look at some biblical principles that are true. In Matthew 6.33, in Jesus' incredible, wonderful Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And that's where the power comes from. You know, we, we talk about the 12 steps, and we're going to talk about them a little bit today. And they are good. They're powerful. But the reason that they're powerful is because each of the 12 steps is a principle out of the Bible. That's where the power comes from. Let's look to Philippians 3.12 and 3.14. Let me flip there in my Bible. Excuse me one second. I hope the volume is good. Let me check my text. Hang on one second. All right. So in Philippians 3.12, Paul writes, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, is I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, what do those, have to do, what do those words have to do with addiction? Well, they're really powerful because there's, there's four messages here that are contained in Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Number one, avoid pride. Here's the Apostle Paul, who's, who's spreading the gospel, who's been hand-selected by Jesus Christ himself, appeared on the road to Damascus. Christ has been studied under, under Jesus directly for three years in the wilderness. And, and, you know, is, was first of all, was a, a Pharisee of Pharisees. Uh, incredibly well-educated, a Roman citizen. He's got so many reasons to be prideful. But he says, no, I haven't, I haven't obtained anything yet. I, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still searching. I'm still trying to attain. We've, we've got to avoid pride, as I said earlier. Secondly, so many people that suffer from addiction or whatever problem it is, maybe they had an abortion and they can't get past the, the, the shame and the grief. Maybe, maybe they did something else in their lives that they're ashamed of. So many of us, the enemy uses that to hold us down, to get us in the grip. He loves it when we're in the grip of shame and guilt. We've got to forget the past. Not intellectually, we need to continue to learn from it, but influentially. You can't get bogged down in your past mistakes. No one has been perfect on this earth except for Jesus Christ. Not even close. We're all sinners. We've all made terrible mistakes. It's not what, what you've done in the past that's important. It's what you're going to do in the future. You've got to put it behind you, and we're going to talk about ways that you can do that here in a little bit. You've got to remember that the rest of your life is the best of your life. Oh, my gosh, I, I, I just cannot imagine my life. Well, I, I remember it, but, but how it was pre-sobriety and how different it is today and how much more glorious it is and how much more rewarding it is. For example, how much more wonderful my relationship is with my wife. It's, since we put Christ in the middle of our marriage, it's, it's, it's night and day. My wife likes to joke that we've had two marriages, one terrible and one wonderful. And it, but it's true. And, and it, it is very true. So when you can put aside that pride, you can put aside your shame and guilt, you can surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you can understand and accept that you need help from other people and, and humble yourself to that. Jesus says, all those that exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those that humble themselves will be exalted. The Bible is just full of so much wisdom, so much wonderful wisdom that applies to recovery, no matter what you're going through in life. So remember that the rest of your life is the best of your life. 
And then the fourth thing that, that we get out of this section of Scripture is pursue God's will diligently. You know, that's the one thing that when I went into rehab that, that I was, you know, just told constantly, and it's so true, His will, not my will, be done. Romans 12, 1 and 2, where we, where we do not conform to the pattern of this world, but we, we renew our minds. We renew our minds through His will so that we may attain and learn the perfect will of God. You see, the problem is, in so many of us, you could never have suffered from addiction at all. Maybe you never even had a drink. But when we pursue our will, and we don't worry about what God's will is, we get in all kinds of trouble, whether it's addiction or business or relationships or whatever. It's God's perfect will that we need to try to attain and that we need to work towards. Not perfectly, but that needs to be our goal. And when we begin to put His will and begin to pray to Him and begin to seek that helper that I talked about, in, uh, that John talks about in his gospel in, in chapters 14 and 16, when we begin to put that at the forefront of our mind, when we renew our minds through re- reading His Word, that's where the power comes from to set you free. That's why the Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Because I know there's a lot of people out there that get sober in secular means, and there's so many of them that are that are white knuckling it that are that are you know more power to them, but that haven't that haven't had a spiritual awakening, don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and, and they're not fully restored. And, and so many of them relapse. God just doesn't want people to be sober. He wants us to be overcomers. He wants to restore us fully. You know, He restores our minds. He restores our relationships. He restores our prosperity. You know, John says in in his third epistle, he said, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know I have the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's what God wants for us. And the enemy gets us down. He gets us down in depression and anxiety and shame and guilt. And that's where he wants to keep us. But that's not where people have to stay. That's not where people have to stay. You know, we're not going to go today. We Usually we go to the Open Door Mission on Wednesday nights, but they've got a, a little COVID outbreak there. So we're taking a break this week um, and uh, pray. By the way, let, let me let me stop right now because my wife's sick. People, I'm hearing people right and left that are sick. There's a few people sick over at the Open Door Mission. Let's pray. Father God, I come to you today. We know that you are Jehovah Rapha. We know that we're healed by your stripes. I ask for a hedge of protection for your saints out there. I ask that, that, that you comfort people who are ill, that you provide healing, that you touch their bodies supernaturally, that you lead them with wisdom into the cures that they need. And I, I just ask that you comfort, heal, and protect everyone that can hear my voice. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, but when we go into the Open Door Mission on Wednesday nights, it's just so wonderful to see these guys begin to understand. It's such a wonderful plan, program. It takes in the most addicted and home and homeless men across this this. Uh, this city. And, you know, as Tommy Thompson, the CEO and president over there says, you know, if your wife's kicked you out and you're sleeping in your car, you're homeless. So you have to have an addiction to get in. But if you get into this program, it changes lives. And you can begin to see these guys. It's, it's anywhere from a five to nine month program, depending on the progress they make. And that sounds like a long time. You know what? It's free. 
and people spend decades getting under the bondage of addiction and really nothing to change your life. It's such a wonderful program. It provides medical benefits, dental benefits. It provides uh, education. The guys that get a GED, if they don't already have it, they learn, they improve their reading levels. They learn to use computers. They learn to put it together a resume. Uh, they get all kinds of education. They get counseling. They get uh, smart recovery, which which talks about cognitive changing your the way you think about things and the way that you handle programs. But most importantly, they develop a relationship with Jesus Christ. The the program is is one third vocational, one third educational, and one third spiritual. And it is just such a blessing to go over there on Wednesday nights and, and be with those men. And I'm going to miss that today. But that hope is what people need. That hope is what people need in order. And that's the difference between people that go through secular recovery and people that go through faith-based recovery. And that's why we're on this radio, because I know programs for men and for women that are absolutely free that will change people's lives. And we have guests on this program throughout the year that are, you know, helping people that get out of prison, helping people that are addicted, uh, men's and women's program. In fact, if you need help or you know someone that needs help, you can text me at 832-475-8642, and I'll find you the help that you need. There are people doing kingdom work out there. There's no reason that anybody needs to spend another day, another hour under the bondage of addiction. There's help out there, and that help comes from one source, and that is the relationship with Jesus Christ. So people have to come and come to grips with the problems they have. In 1 John 1, 9, the Bible tells us, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. And in fact, James 5.16 tells us, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. And then it follows saying that the, the fervent prayer of a righteous man is powerful indeed. So yeah, we got to go through that. We've got to look past. We've got to figure out what happened, why we got there. But then we move to need to put, to put it past us. We need to put it in the rearview mirror because Jesus isn't after perfect people. He's not looking to condemn you for what you've done. In fact, Romans 8, 1 says there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He's not looking for that. He's looking to change your heart. He's looking to change your life. He's got plans for you to prosper you. And that's what he wants for you as we go forward on the future. He wants to, he wants the rest of your life, as we said earlier, is the best of your life. And so people need to understand that there's this hope out there. In Psalm 65, 11, we're talking about the new year. You crown the year with your goodness and your path drip with abundance. You know, I didn't really understand who my Lord and Savior was. I believed in God, but I wasn't living for God. I, I believed in Jesus Christ was, was the only begotten Son of, of God, and I believed that He came to forgive us of our sins, die on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven and be resurrected to give us the hope of eternal life. But, you know, I, that was just sort of intellectually there. I didn't really feel it. I didn't live it. And when I began living it, and when I began immersing myself in it, it changed everything, and that's available to every man and woman that across this world, everyone that can hear my voice, every one of your friends and relatives that's bogged down in addiction and depression and anxiety and, and pride and, and envy and whatever they're suffering from, it's available, and it's available in this incredible book that we have that's an open book test about life, and it's called the Holy Bible, and it is a wonderful thing, and it renews our mind. And it's just wonderful. So people need to come past that. They, they need to do what Romans 12, 1 and 2 says. That they, they need to not conform to the pattern of this world. Because in this world, 
everything's glorified, partying, getting drunk, you know, wild craziness. All kinds of things are glorified. And, and we don't need to conform to the pattern of this world. This world is not our true home. Our true home is an eternity with Him. And so we need to renew our minds. And we renew our minds to the Bible. And the Bible tells us so many wonderful things. You know, we talk with the men. We've got two, uh, several things developed. We've got, and I don't have time to go through all three of them, but I'm going to mention all three of them. And one is the scriptural basis for the 12 steps. And we walk through each of those 12 steps. And, and the reason that they're powerful is because they're biblical principles. In fact, they're, they're, uh, there's another thing called the 12 principles in scriptures, which is honesty, hope, faith, courage, integrity, willingness, humility, brotherly love, discipline, perseverance, and spiritual awareness. And we go through the, each of the scriptures that are underlying those principles. And then we've got something that is really, really powerful. And that is the 15 freedom truths and the 40 I am's. Because if you look at what the Bible says and how God looks at you and how wonderful he is, do you know that your sins are as far from the east as the west when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And, and if we look at these 15 freedom truths, I am a new cre- creature predestined for greatness, 2 Corinthians 5.17. I am a child of God, fully accepted by the Father, John 1.12. I am loved by God regardless of how I perform, Romans 5.8. I am forgiven and will not be tormented by my past errors, 1 John 1.9. I am an overcomer and my faith is changing my circumstances, 1 John 5.4. I am a giver. And God is causing people to help me prosper, Second Corinthians 9, 8. Do you know that when I look back on my life, God sent people to me to help me all along my life. And if you open your eyes, he's doing the same for you. I have authority over the devil and demon power can hurt me, Luke 10, 17 and 18. Abundance is God's will for me, and I will not settle for less, John 10, 10. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come so that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am healed, and sickness will not lord over my body, First Peter 2, 24. God is on my side. I will not fear, Psalm 118, 6. The Holy Spirit is my helper. I'm never alone, and I have the peace of God, Philippians 4, 7. I am blessed, and it's a matter of time before things change. What I see now is only temporary. Ephesians 1, 3, and 2, and Corinthians four eighteen. I have the wisdom of God. I hear the Father's voice. My steps are ordered by God, and the voice of a stranger I will not follow. 1 Corinthians one thirty. I am set in the body of Christ, and I know that I am valuable and important to the work of God. 1 Corinthians twelve twenty and 25, and Ephesians four eleven through 12. I choose not to be offended, and I'm being delivered out of my afflictions and persecutions. Matthew 5, 1 through 12, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. These are the kinds of principles that when a man or woman gets that down in the marrow of their bones, that will change their lives. These are the kind of principles to know that you were created wonderfully and fearfully by a loving, wonderful God that loves you more than you can possibly imagine. These are the things that will change a life and not only lead someone to sobriety, but lead someone to restoration. And part of that restoration is then you begin to give back. And that's where the 12 steps, we get to step 12, if you're familiar with them, where we begin to help other people. Isn't that what our Christian walk is supposed to be? Recovery is just like our Christian walk. It really is. We, we, we look at our, our sins in the book of Lamentations. It tells us and return our ways to the Lord. 
we, we examine our, our problems. We begin to, to, to look. We confess our sins to one another so that we may be healed. We ask God to help us. We ask the Holy Spirit to enter our lives and, and begin to help us to overcome what we see in this world. We renew our mind through the reading of the Bible. These are recovery principles, but they're Christian principles. True recovery comes exactly from the Bible. It comes from the power of the Bible and those 12 steps. And then the last thing I'm going to mention is we have the 40 IMs, which I don't have time to go through, but I'll go through a few of them. I am a child of God, Romans 8, 16. I am redeemed from the hand of the enemy, Psalm 107, 2. I am forgiven, Colossians 1 through 13 through 14. I am saved by grace through faith, Ephesians 2, 8. Justified, sanctified, a new creation, partaker of his divine nature, redeemed from the curse of the law, delivered from the power of darkness. Jesus went everywhere and delivered people. And he wants to deliver you right now if you're listening to my voice and you're under the power of the, if you're under the bondage of addiction or any other thing else that's tormenting your life. I'm led by the Spirit of God. I'm a son of God or a daughter of God. I'm kept in safety wherever I go. These are the kinds of principles. These are the kinds of things that can deliver people. I'm telling you, Jesus, God is still in the miracle business. He really is. And he wants to deliver you. He wants to save you. He wants to restore you. And it's been my honor to be with you today. We love you at New Covenant Church. But more importantly than that, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night and amen. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.